Welcome to another PI World podcast. This is an audio-only version offered as another way to enjoy our great content. A full video version can be seen on piworld.co.uk, where you can find many more videos of interest to investors. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Maytech interim result presentation for the period ended 30th of November 2022. I'm Rory McDonald, founder and chief executive at Maytech. Joined by um, Debbie Lovegrove, our CFO. Um, we thank you for your time today. Looking forward to taking you through the progress we've made over the last six months um, and talking talking through our business. Presentation should take about 25 to 30 minutes. So I'm going to run through the business overview. Debbie's going to talk you through the financial results and I'll talk a little bit about our strategic plan and outlook for the remainder of this year and into FY24. We'll then hand over for questions following that. In terms of the business overview, it's been a really strong first half of FY23. The business growth has continued to continue, so strong revenue growth, 76% growth on the equivalent period last year. I'm really pleased with that. It's turned out kind of slightly ahead of what we were expecting in terms of we were expecting a kind of stronger 40-60 split and the revenue came in stronger in the first half than, than we were somewhat expecting. Gross profit margin um, has has unfortunately re- reduced, and we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But this was this was related to the transition from um, a higher number of contractors and and transitioning a number of employees into contractor roles from the end of the FY22, um, and something related to our utilisation as well. So we'll talk a little bit more about that as we as we move forward. Our sales bookings were very strong. So we were ahead of kind of where we were expecting to be on the sales booking numbers. We also kind of closed 27 million in new contracts following the post period end, which was uh, which was really, really good to see. Um, so our contracted backlog figures are now uh, stronger than they ever have been. It really put us in a strong position going into the, the tail end of FY23 and, and forward into, into FY24. Um, so we feel we're in a really good position. Client numbers have increased. So we've gone from 19 to 23 clients with contract sizes continuing to grow materially. We continue to invest strongly into the development of our own IP. So development of a number of products which will be targeting the local government market. We've got a first client who signed up in that space. We'll be sharing a lot more detail on that at the end of the year. Headcount has continued to expand and headcount growth in the first half of this year hasn't been as aggressive as it was in the second half of last year, but continues to grow the headcount and looking at really good progress on that. I just wanted to kind of provide a kind of overview of some of our key KPIs as we feel we've made good progress on these. So yeah, revenue up 76% to 20.6 million, up from 11.7 million in the equivalent period last year. Gross profit up to 6.8 million, growing from 4.6 in the first half of last year. Adjusted EBITDA is down on last year, and that's related to what I touched on earlier around utilisation and the transition from contractors to more permanent employees. Sales bookings, yeah, very strong at 32.6 million, up on the 26.5 last year. Contracted backlog at 47.8, which is good, up 54% on the period last year. And overall, I guess the key message here is that, you know, the business continues to perform well, um, got a strong balance sheet. The cash position is strong, though it has it has has reduced down in the equivalent part period last year due, due to investment into um, various areas to drive the long-term growth of the business. But overall, our, our KPIs are, are very strong and we're very happy with them. So I want just to provide a bit of an overview of what Maytech do, the kind of core offerings and kind of how we are developing on those offerings. So, so the Maytech business is broadly based around these sort of three areas. So transform, deliver, run. Transform is really the early stage of where we get involved in helping to shape clients 
um, thinking on their digital transformation journey. So uh, we work, work with clients to help them figure out what are their plans around how they're going to transform. Um, and we've got a relatively kind of small team specialised in this within the organisation. The deliver area is really the bulk of where our team are based. So these are the people in our organization who deliver the sort of transformational initiatives. So build the software, build the services for government organizations to help them on their transformation journeys. So we've got these broken out into cloud engineering, digital delivery, user centered design, data and AI, and cybersecurity. And then and the third area we've got is, is run. So this is when we take on the responsibility for running the technology and the services for our client organization. So this is a really important part, kind of like running the ongoing services that citizens use. And these are the sort of three core parts of our organization. The areas in, in the lighter green on the slide here are um, areas where we've continued to, to invest into. So we've been continuing to build our teams in each of these spaces. Um, and, and really kind of what we're doing there is looking to expand our capabilities. As expanding the capabilities enables us to win larger contracts with our clients. We, in, in years gone by, we'd be winning kind of two, three, four million pound contracts. But now we're looking at contracts that are you know, over, over 10 million. And what we see is that as, as the contracts get larger, um, the requirement on us as an organization to have a broader set, set of capabilities um, increases. So we're deliberately expanding out these capabilities to meet the client needs um, and to win larger and larger contracts. Turning to clients, our client base is broad, is diversified, and it continues to grow in all three of the markets that we're operating in. So central government, local government, um, health and social care. We've won nine new clients in the period, so in the first period of this half year. And we have, you know, as you can see here, a really kind of fantastic client base. So you know, really, really high quality clients who, who we can work with over the long term to support them on their transformation initiatives. Clients at the top, so we've got central government departments and the buying profile of central government departments tends to be larger contracts which get delivered over a number of years and you're supporting them on a number of different initiatives. So, you know, people like the Home Office, DBLA, you know, Department for International Trade, these clients bring us in to support them on a number of different things. Um, and they're all kind of tied back into their, into their sort of longer term transformation plans. Um, local government um, has a different type of buying profile and, and built by, buys and looks to kind of um, transform in a slightly different way. There is, there is the more commonly looking to kind of buy solutions off the shelf that will solve particular problems for them, like service line problems. Um, so we've been working a lot with local authorities on the transformation journeys and some of the products that we've been developing are targeted at the service lines where we have identified opportunities um, and we'll continue to build those out in, in the years ahead. Health and social care area for us is another important area. There's a mixture of kind of larger government bodies like NHS England and NHS Digital, which have recently kind of come together, um, and kind of other organisations which don't have a significant budget. We're currently mostly working closely with the larger NHS bodies, um, supporting them on pretty pretty large-scale transformation initiatives. Um, I think about a year ago, we announced a big contract with one of those NHS organisations. Um, and we expect this to be an area that we continue to invest into and continue to build, build out moving, moving forwards. So just wanted to touch a little bit on the market opportunity. So really the sort of market opportunity we're looking at here is fundamentally underpinned by the wider digital transformation shift that's happening across the world. You know, within government, within public services, there's a lot of kind of legacy, a lot of kind of old school 
paper-based processes and kind of ways of doing things that, that are not fit for purpose. And there's a big shift to, to operate government more and more efficiently. Um, there's also there's also a, a lot of suppliers who haven't who've been serving government for a long time who have not necessarily done the best job. And there's a big shift to, to move away from some of the sort of the incumbent suppliers to more modern, more digital suppliers who to really kind of understand how kind of technology works and how you can really use technology to make a big difference in, in, in public services. So that's really important for us. That's what we find is the market's growing you know, very quickly, so a 22% annual growth rate over the last few years. The market is increasing in size. So the latest data on this um, from Tech Market View shows the market size increasing by about 3 billion over the next three years. So the, the tailwinds here are kind of really, really strong as the market's growing and we're also taking market share from, from some of the larger IT outsource type providers as government moves away from them. So it's a really good time for us to be building our business. And, and you can see that in the, the numbers um, in terms of the rate of growth we're achieving um, because we're able to kind of really kind of push forward and, and, and that's helped by the kind of the, the wider market opportunity. So you've spoken about the, the UK opportunity and particularly the opportunity within central government, local government and health. But there is also a very significant global opportunity that we're very aware of. It's not an opportunity that we are actively pursuing at this point in time, but it is an opportunity that we think we can capture in the medium term and move forward on. Yeah, the global opportunity is really, really rooted in the fact that the UK has done some things around digital government that are really highly regarded on a global stage. So there's lots of other um, countries, governments who are looking to things that have happened in the UK to and, and sharing, trying to share learnings and ways of doing things. So, so we think we can capture some of the opportunity from that and kind of in future years start to expand our business into international markets. But as I say, this is a medium term plan. It's not something that's immediately on our agenda. There is also opportunities within adjacent markets, you know, security services, devolved governments, law and police, you know, trying, these areas where we have done small amounts of work, but we haven't currently got a real focus on these parts of the market. And we think there's really good opportunities for us if we, if we, if we can kind of focus on expanding out into those areas. So we expect to, to continue kind of making progress on this when, when we see the right opportunity and, and, and think it's a really exciting time to be um, in the in the public service space and build building the business of our nature, and I guess the kind of thing thing I, reason I'm talking about this and touching on this is that you know we see we see an opportunity that's not not short term. We, the opportunity we're going after here is a twenty year opportunity, something that's that that we can we can grow into over a very significant period of time, um, and we're really excited by that, and that that and we're really excited to build our business to capture these opportunities over over the long term. I just want to kind of touch on the people side of our organisation. Obviously, the people in our business are, are absolutely critical. They, you know, all the work we do um, is done through kind of really talented individuals who work closely with our clients to deliver great things. And people are really passionate about the work they do. Over the last 12 months, you know, we've increased our headcount significantly. The first half of this year, the increase in headcount wasn't as significant as it was in the second half of 22, but there's been a lot of sort of bedding in and sort of transition from new people joining the business that we've been doing. So we spent a lot of time kind of working on that over the first half of the year. 
We also unfortunately had to say say goodbye to um, 18 individuals that we made redundant during this period. And that was tied into us sort of more closely managing our cost base as we scale. Um, and it was you know, a difficult thing we had to do, but it felt it was the right thing to do for, for, for the business, for clients. Um, so it was in, in really, it was important that we, we, we did that. Retention rate in the period has increased 85%, so improved slightly. We expect in the second half of this year it will decrease slightly as some of the changes we made in the organisation are driving a slight uptick in attrition. That's all within the sort of boundaries we would expect for a professional services business like ours. We continue to hire people up and down the country. So we've got Maytech that's working in you know, London, the Southeast, Bristol, Swansea, the Midlands around Birmingham, the Northwest around Manchester and Leeds and in Newcastle and Glasgow and Edinburgh. So we've got team members and colleagues up and down the country. Um, some, some, of, some of the locations we're based in don't yet have office space. Um, and we're, we're, we're going to kind of see over the coming months, how, how our kind of team grows and at, at certain points in time we'll then expand out and can decide to kind of put Maytech offices in some of these locations. But given the sort of hybrid nature of work at the moment, it is, it's not something we've been prioritizing over the last 12 months. Um, so yeah, all, you know, really, really kind of excited, excited period of kind of growth for the organization. Um, really, really excited about how the progress we're making and we'll hand over to Debbie to, to talk through the finances. Thank you. So just touching on the sort of key financial highlights. So revenue of 20.6 million. So that's up 76% versus the previous year. Gross profit of 6.8 million. So up 48%. The gross profit margin was 33%. So that was down versus the previous year, which was 39%. And really, there's a couple of reasons as to why our gross profit margin was lower. The first one is utilisation. So our utilisation rate during this period was 68%. That compares against 85% in the previous year. Um, the other reason is contractors. So our contractor usage coming into H, uh, H1FY23, at the beginning of the year, we had roughly about 16% contractors. We wound that number down. So we replaced those contractors with permanent employees. So by the end of November, the contractor usage was 10%. Um, but there was a duplication in cost because we had the contractor and the permanent employee. Um, Utilisation was also impacted by changes in government and the political turmoil that we saw during this period. So we started the year expecting revenue to land sooner, but because of the changes in government, those, those projects were pushed out, so they were pushed out to the right. Um, they weren't lost, they're not lost revenue opportunities, they just started later. I think what's pleasing is our sales booking number was high during this period, so 32.6 million, up 24%. And most pleasing of all is the contracted backlog. So our contracted backlog at the end of November was 47.8 million. That doesn't include the three new contract wins that we announced in January, roughly about 27 million. So that contracted backlog is much higher now than it was at the end of November. Adjusted EBITDA, so that was 0.5 million in the first half of the year. And I think finally the cash balance, the cash balance was 9 million. And so that cash balance is really a timing difference that will improve once we drive profit in the second half of the year. 
So I think we have very resilient revenue. So you can see from this slide that our strategy to land and expand clients is working very well for us and is very successful. Um, You can see that we are diversifying. So we're de-risking the business. Also the client wins. So we are winning new clients all the time. So we're always talking about the nine new clients that we've won in FY23. Those client sizes, we're seeing them grow. So our average contract size rose by nearly, well, just under 70%, so 69% to 1.5 million. So we have very strong revenue visibility. So this is the highest contracted backlog that we've ever had. So at the end of H1, it was 47.8 million. That is obviously increased with the three new contract wins. We're bidding for contracts all the time and winning contracts. So that that pipeline is, is growing. What that means is it gives us very strong revenue visibility for the second half of this year and also moving into FY24. Um, That coupled with the fact that we've got a more fixed cost base moving forward. So we right size the business with those 18 headcount reductions. So our cost base is more uh, fixed moving forward. What that means is we can actually drive gross profit moving forward, which will drop through to EBITDA. Just walking through the PL, so we, we've seen these numbers already. So the revenue of 20.6 million, the gross profit of 6.8, admin expenses of 8.6 million. So that does include a share-based payment charge and half a million in severance payments for those 18 people that sadly we had to say goodbye to in November. Just one thing I wanted to touch on is we did an announcement this week that Rory and Chris, who's our COO, have waived their LTIP. So the LTIPs that were announced pre-IPO have waived. This gives Chris and Roy the opportunity to purchase shares in the market to the tune of 1.2 million. It will impact our share-based payment charge. So because we are cancelling those shares in the market, it accelerates the share-based payment charge for those LTIPs. So the share-based payment charge will increase by roughly about 300,000 in this particular year. Um, It's a non-cash item, so we adjust it out through the adjusted EBITDA. It it won't materialise, it's just a cancellation. So I'll just touch on a few things on the balance sheet. It's fairly simple and straightforward. Intangible assets of 3.4 million, so that is our investment in IP that is continuing, and that's to drive future recurring revenue streams. Our working capital has been tightly managed, so our debt days have improved, so they're now 37 versus previous year of 58, and the healthy cash balance. So we've got the healthy cash balance of 9 million, there's no debt in the business, so it's all cash, um, and that will improve as we drive profits. Cash flow from operations was negative of 1.8 million, so that's a timing difference that will um, improve in the second half of the year once we drive profits. We're also investing, so you can see the IP investments of 1.5 million during this period. And I'm going to hand over to Roy, who's going to talk through our strategic plan. Super, thanks, Debbie. So just going to give a kind of quick overview of the sort of key components of the strategic plan, strategic priorities we're working towards. You know, I guess the first thing to say is kind of growth is a really, really important part of how we're looking to continue growing the business um, significantly in the years ahead. And we're looking to grow that business through sort of these three areas. So increasing our sort of our offerings and capabilities. So continuing to build out the offerings and service lines that we can provide to our customers to enable us to win larger and larger contracts and to better serve the industries that we operate within. So that's a really important part of kind of what we're doing and what we've been doing and spent a lot of time over the last six months um, 
in building out the, the right kind of capabilities and the right people in our business to do that. Deepening our industry expertise is a really important part. How we expect over time to increase the size of the health and local government and other industries that we focus on. So you know, becoming experts in those industries so we can provide higher and higher value to our clients um, and increase kind of rates and, and, and things within that market, really important. Third area is around geographic coverage. So continuing to expand out the places that Maytech is based so we can service our customers effectively. So there is a big push in government to continue to continue kind of leveling up, to deliver more and more outside of London. It's really important for our organisation to be based in close proximity to those hubs where government is delivering that thing. So, so for us, we'll continue to kind of push, push on that, to continue to kind of make sure we've got strong coverage across, across the UK. Um, and then over time, make sure we're putting offices in place and making sure we're working with in the local communities to kind of really have kind of strong presence. Um, and we see the three of those things having a really, really positive impact on the growth of the business. Operational excellence, you know, it's really, really key for us to run a smoother and more and more optimized business and, and really see all the hard work we're doing, growing clients, dropping through to both gross margin and bottom line. So doing a lot of work around kind of iteratively improving our systems, our processes and our enabling functions. So when I say enabling function, we're talking about um, the way we enable our kind of teams who are working with clients to, to work with them really effectively. So this is a really big, big and important part of, kind of how, how, how we streamline the organisations to deliver for clients effectively. And then the fifth area is around our, our employee experience. So employees are the absolute core of our organisation, the core of everything we do for our clients. So, so for us, really important that we're building out an employee experience that is really leading, is really kind of forward thinking and enables our people to kind of join us and kind of really build a career at Maytag. There's more and more work that we need to do on this, but it's a really important part of how we see the business moving forward over the years ahead. Just wanted to provide some outlook in terms of kind of how we're looking at things moving forwards. So, you know, we're trading in line with management expectations and we're reiterating guidance for the full year. We're confident as our backlog is stronger than it's ever been. At this point in time, we've got kind of stronger revenue visibility on H2 and FY24 than we ever have done. So feel in a really, really strong position. Um, we continue to see a really, really buoyant demand environment in public sector. There's lots and lots of contract opportunities out there, and we're really, really well positioned to, to continue winning new contracts. And we've seen the momentum um, continue um, in the second half of the year. Overall, we're really excited about, about kind of what we can achieve over both Telling 23, 24, 25 and ongoing. Um, and really excited to just push the business forward and continue to deliver great, great growth results and, and also bottom line results too. So I think that's it from us. I think, can we hand over to, to Q&A? And we've got a first question here. Are your contracts with clients time and materials or fixed cost? Yeah, um, all of our contracts, or certainly 99% of our contracts are time and materials based. And I note that Maytech held back on announcing the recent significant contracts until the trading update. Is this a new trend or can we still expect to hear about larger contracts as and when they're secured? Uh, so we, we did announce the contracts as soon as they were secured. So it was just a coincidence that they were all um, the contracts were all signed literally at the same time as each other. 
Um, but as soon as we are able to announce and we've signed those contracts, we will um, issue RNSs. What are the team's expectations for the initial revenue impact from the new in-house IP solutions being released in full year 2024? For instance, do you already have specific projects that you'll be targeting for existing clients? We've got a strong pipeline of clients that, that are lined up. We've got one customer who is using one of the IP solutions, um, but we haven't provided any guidance yet on revenue for FY2024. Um, we expect to do that um, for your results. Full year 24 forecast revenue growth as per Singers is plus 16%. It's a big step down from the near 50% growth forecast for May 23. Should we expect mid-teens revenue growth at best for the medium to long term? Or do you envisage a pickup again and at what rate while MadeTech still small enough to grow rapidly? Yeah, sure. So, um so the the revenue growth in in, in FY twenty four that we're forecasting is is conservative. We're trying to put put numbers out there that we're, we're very very confident about. And um, we're also conscious of um, FY twenty four starting to become an election period and the impact that 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 may have on on things as as you know governments potentially potentially change at the tail end of that period. So we're, we're, we put those numbers out. Um, Based, based, based on that, we will continue to kind of revise guidance um, as, as we see kind of changes in the market. Um, I think it's worth saying that we do expect to continue to be a, a high growth business over, over the medium term. And what percentage of the broker forecasted full year 24 revenues of 50 million are already secured at this stage? So we've got, um, as you can see, very, very strong um, contracted backlog. So um, that the number that is in the presentation was the backlog at the end of November. That's obviously grown um, since then. So we are seeing extremely high percentages of, that, uh, of the FY24 revenue being delivered from the contracted backlog number. And how high a priority is reducing the discrepancy between statutory and adjusted earnings figures? Um, well, our, our, one of our key KPIs is the adjusted EBITDA. So how we look at the business, um, the key, key KPIs are ones that we've included in the presentation. So revenue and revenue growth is obviously important. Adjusted EBITDA is important because that's how we're managing the business internally. And are any of the 23 active clients in sectors outside of central government, local government or health and social care? No, they're, they're all within those sectors. And expanding your capabilities, is this driven by direct client demand or by your view of the gaps that you need to fill in order to win large contracts? Yeah, it's, it's a combination of both. So, so as an organisation, we've got a view on... Um, where where the market is going within within the um, public sector in terms of where we expect them to be needing support in the area and we're investing into those areas based on the insights we've got on the market. Um, then we also take insights from direct conversations with customers, so areas where they are looking for us to support them on um, and where we're hearing more and more from customers about, about that. We, we, we also take insights from, from contracts and things that we may have wanted to go for, but we couldn't go for because we may have get, had gaps in capabilities. And if we see that frequently, that's a good indicator of um, 
of an area that we should be investing in and develop, developing in. So, so we, we take data from, from a bunch of bunch of those places. We also look more broadly at the, the wider tech services ecosystem. You know, things like AI is an area that's very, very interesting and, and going to become a, a more, more important priority for, for clients. And so we, we look we look broader than that and um, it, we, we try and kind of stay on, I guess, the cutting edge of, of where the market is, where our clients are and where the opportunities are. And two questions on utilisation. What's the current staff utilisation rates and what's your target utilisation rate? And if you can say, what gross margin would that drive? During this period, the utilisation rates was very low, so it's at 68%. Historically, we have hit utilisation rates of about 85%. Um, that 85% is, is quite a challenge. So really, we target near nearer to sort of 80%. Um, gross profit margins, we haven't given any guidance for that in the public domain, um, but the, the gross profit margin during this period was low. Historically, we've seen gross profit margins much, much higher, um, sort of mid-40s. Um, but with the initiatives that we, we've introduced, so we're, we're continuing to focus on utilisation and capacity planning to drive gross profit margins moving forward, and that will drop, drop through to adjusted EBITDA. Is the low or no code approach being adopted by MadeTech? Um, at, at this point in time, no, we, 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 we're not. Um, we're not operating in that space. Um, we we have had clients ask about about sort of low and no code solutions. We've also seen a number of clients have very significant challenges when they have when they have adopted kind of low code no code platforms. Um, so it's not an area we're, we're currently kind of building out any capabilities in. We do see, you know, occasional demand for it, but it's not an area we're focused on. And um, can I ask what the IP is that you're developing? Yeah, so we, um, we're going to share a kind of a, a full update on this at, at year end. Um, so um, there's there's three products that we have been we have been working on developing um, over the of 10 into 22 and, and into 23. Um, the three products are targeted towards the local government space at, at this point in time, um, but we'll share a lot more detail on that at the, at the year end. And are new government contracts playing particularly hard on pricing? We're seeing different things in different places here. Um, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say I've noticed a particular change in, in pricing sensitivity. You know, I think, I think um, government um, are different government different government departments will have different kind of priorities when it comes to the 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 financial kind of side of things obviously looking to get value for money and value can be achieved through through pricing or, or other means um, um, and we see different kind of tactics taken by different organizations um, we we haven't really seen a kind of fundamental shift on that. They're always looking for good value for money, and we feel Maytech is really well positioned to provide good good value for money for for our clients in the public sector. And why are you hiring more staff when your utilisation rates are lower? Should you not be offloading more staff? The utilisation rates in the first half of the year were lower. Um, they we we definitely improved those utilisation rates in the second half of the year. So we're constantly looking at what headcount and um, we need in the business to drive those revenue streams. Um, as Rory's already, already alluded to, our retention rate was 85% in the first half of the year, but we are seeing that reduce in the second half of the year. So we're hiring because we're really replacing employees that are leaving and those employees that, that, that headcount that we need to drive that revenue moving forward. And what's the bid pipeline like until today? 
the, the demand environment continues to be very, very, very strong. And um, we're seeing lots of, lots of opportunities in, in lots of different places. Um, so we're expecting the second half of the year to be, to be strong from a, from a contract booking perspective. Um, um, so, yeah, we, we, that, that's, that continues to be, be pretty positive from, from our perspective. And um, Rory, why have you given up your LTIP? At IPO, um, there was the LTIP awarded to myself and Chris. Um, I've given that up for a couple of reasons. One, um, I was prevented from buying any, any shares in the business um, because of that LTIP. So there was, I was not able to. Um, so, so it enables me to be able to do that if, if I so wish. Um, secondly, it also enables me to, to bring in senior members of staff. So, so we're very conscious we need to be able to kind of offer uh, tips to, to senior members of staff as we, as we look to kind of expand out the executive team. Um, and by giving up my LTIP and Chris giving up his LTIP, it gives us additional headroom to be able to do that um, in, in the right way. Um, so we felt it was the right, 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 right thing to do. Um, and yeah, we think it would be a positive thing for the, for the business long term. Tremendous. Thank you very much. And that's the end of questions. Rory, do you have any closing remarks? I just want to say thank you to everyone for, for coming and um, coming to the webinar today. We really support, really appreciate you supporting the Maytech business and we're really excited to, to see the business kind of push forward um, and continue to deliver great results for, for all of our shareholders. So thank you so much. PI World videos and podcasts are for general information and interest. They do not constitute any kind of recommendation or inducement to buy shares of any company. PI World is not offering any kind of financial advice and nothing in our material should be taken as such.